Quincy Jones Go, Quincy Jones Show. We got another mini so for you, man, but we're going to make this one a jam-packed mini so because this weekend was just incredible, not only with uh, the Rival Pro uh, two-year anniversary show. First of all, shout out to everybody, uh, the fans, the team, the talent, uh, the, the photographers, the cameraman, everybody that, that had anything to do with our two-year anniversary show. I just want to start that off real quick. Thank you because... Successful is not even a word I could hold in comparison to. I mean, we already knew we had a pretty great card. Uh, we already knew we had pretty great talent on the card. And then, dude, day of, just certain things happen to fall in place, certain things, uh, certain mountains were moved, and certain things were, you know, just kind of fell into place for us in a good way, in a very good way. And we were able to provide uh, some extra surprises for the fans that were there in attendance. Uh, not to mention, man, I just got to give a, a, a huge shout out to the fans because, you know, we we, we do very well when it comes to uh, selling tickets online as well as uh, uh, the day of the show. We get quite a, a turnout for people that want to buy tickets uh, the day of the show, uh, you know, at the door. But, man, it was, uh, let's just say, you know, we didn't have them uh, hanging out of the rafters as there aren't no rafters at the venue we were at, uh, the Noki Dojo, but we had fans willing to buy a ticket and stand the whole show. And the show was about, I believe, two and a half hours total. But, I mean, that kind of love and support, you know, you can't buy. You can't, It's super organic. And, again, I just got to, you know, throw up a huge, huge thank you and a, a huge uh, a piece of gratitude to just our fans, man. Uh, Rival Pro Wrestling, y'all been riding with us for a long time, man, since day one. Since two years, obviously, you know what I mean? But, again, um, you know, even when we had to, you know, step away, take a little hiatus, regroup, get a new venue, figure out what the new game. Like, you guys never, never, you know what I mean, doubted us. You guys never faltered on the support. If anything, our first show back this year was Escape to L.A., and you guys made it very well known that you guys wanted us here to stay. You guys are very much interested in our product, and you guys are very much entertained by our product and our promotion. So we knew for the two-year anniversary we had to come correct. We had to pull out some surprises, and again, some of them – we couldn't even manage to pull off until the day of, but again, everything worked out. Everybody had a great time. Again, shout out to the talent. Uh, shout out to I mean, obviously ourselves, the commentators, uh, Big Rob on the announcing. Uh, shout out to Adam on on you know helping with you know just just the treasury side of things as well as working the audio. Shout out to Cam Archer for helping with with, with the door and and just making sure everybody was situated. And I mean. It's all a team effort. If you guys saw us, uh, we a few of us put up the the, the team photo. <laughs> we we've done so many of these shows, man, and we have, you know, Big Rob actually was the one that took us aside and was like, you know what, man, we've never, you know, out of all these shows, we've never taken a picture all together, you know. So we actually finally had the opportunity to do that, so you guys could finally see uh, the five heads that that were uh, on hand for for the the Rival Pro. Uh, summarizing three to your anniversary, man, and a special shout out to Uriah Styles, who is our uh, usual cameraman for the evening, but he had some extenuating circumstances. He couldn't make the show, but man, still 
keeping you in our spirit, brother. You're still part of the team, man, no doubt uh, and no less. So, again, just wanted to uh, start off strong, man. Thank everybody for the two-year anniversary. I had a lot of people texting me, uh, hitting me up on uh, Facebook, hitting me up on social media, asking me how the show went. If you guys saw the uh, – I think I did – I streamed part one of the show, and then Doc streamed the other part of the show. Um, if you caught it on the Facebook uh, page, it's still up there. If you guys want to go ahead and watch it, if not, we definitely will have matches uh, being uh, produced and you know uploaded on YouTube soon for you guys' enjoyment. But man, if you guys weren't there, you just had to be there. That's all I could say, man. But moving on, man. There's a lot of other wrestling that happened this weekend. Uh, a lot of other shows that happened this weekend on the indie side. Uh, unfortunately, because I was so you know up to my neck in rival pro business, making sure we were cramming for the commentary, making sure uh, we had all the uh, the the talent. Uh, you know, situated and making sure everybody was happy and all that, man, I, I you know, I, I was I was kind of zoned out into my own little, you know, rival zone, so to speak. But, you know, we did have uh, NXT TakeOver Toronto, uh, which was an amazing show. And, um, you know, of course, what, what I'll probably do is I'll cover SummerSlam uh, later this week in another mini show. But, I mean, man, let's, let's, let's get into it. You know, um, and NXT TakeOver Toronto, I mean, obviously Toronto being – uh, just candidate as a whole is a prime, uh, a, a hungry, uh, progressive, and very just just supportive and live uh, a crowd and, and all around for wrestling for pro wrestling man a lot of uh, you know the original uh, wrestling styles and techniques in pro wrestling that we see now today of a lot of people that have been trained whether it's the hard dungeon whether you know uh, stampede wrestling uh, Calgary all this stuff it's like you know obviously we knew that this crowd was going to be great. And then given the product of the fact that it's an NXT TakeOver show, which, I mean, you guys can call me out if you want, if you guys have a, a, you know an example, if you guys want to shoot it to me on Facebook or whatever. But I honestly couldn't tell you any time that NXT, the black and gold brand, has put out a bad product, when, especially when it comes to, to the, the TakeOvers. You know what I mean? They oftentimes and not, we, you've probably heard us uh, talk about this a lot on the show, especially with Mark. It's like NXT... They it's it's weird. It's one of these things where you know they go on a Saturday and they put on a hell of a show, and then you sit up there and think, well, shit. I mean, SummerSlam or you know whatever pay per view is after it, the day after whatever show that WWE, the main roster, is putting on. You're like, I hope they can follow that because they did a lot with five matches in one segment or whatever it is. Because you know with NXT, they don't you know the the roster isn't as vast, but that's I think what what helps make their their programs more. Uh, it helps you get into it more because. Again, I've said this before, they they do a really good job of, of uh, rotating in and rotating out who they're going to build on a consistent basis back and forth in the next couple of weeks on TV. Um, it's so much so they do it a great job of it that by the time you get to the pay-per-view, you don't feel the same as you would for a lot of these other WWE pay-per-views. You know, sometimes they'll WWE will, will, will put an angle together on the go-home Raw or SmackDown, and then all of a sudden that just – you know what I mean? Equates into a a, a grudge match or, or a match on on the on the uh, pre-show or what have you. You know, so so many times you know we we get kind of like those hot shotted like you know last minute feuds or maybe it's only two weeks of build into it on a main roster level. But with NXT, man, they obviously they do film ahead of time. But I think the way that they are able to tell these stories and build more into these stories as far as stock, as far as what's at stake, as far as I mean. There hasn't been a match on an NXT TakeOver card where I was like, okay, this is the bathroom break, or I can care less about who wins this. Because they make it very, very easy. Uh, maybe easy is not the word, but they make it – they're real consistent, I should say, with making you 
uh, giving you a reason to invest in these uh, not only the programs, but the promos, and even down to the promo videos, man. Uh, and I'm going to get into it, because I know I'm, I'm just jaw-jacking about the, the event as a whole, but I mean, they always come correct, NXT's always coming correct, so on that note, you know, let's get into the opening, uh, the match of the night, and I was actually surprised by this. If you guys had heard any of our uh, predictions, when we actually was able to get uh, Mark McFly on the line uh, last episode uh, to talk, uh, you know, kick around our predictions for the TakeOver Toronto event ourselves. Um, I very much thought that this was going to be, uh, I mean, besides the fact that we're always pretty much pro, undisputed, draped in gold, you know, and that movement, I, I don't have any problems with the Street Profits. I love the Street Profits. I, I mean, anyone that's known me, uh, from the, the time they've been on TV, I've been a huge Street Profits fan. I mean, I honestly didn't uh, anticipate how far they would go or how, how far that they would let them climb, you know. Um, I guess that's just, you know, a testament to uh, them allowing the talent to get themselves over and seeing what they could do and then seeing how the crowd reacts to them and then going from there, you know. But, yeah, man, NXT Tag Team Championships. On the line against, we call him Red Dragon, even though it's Kyle O'Reilly and, and, and Bobby Fish. I again, I mean, I bring this up because I honestly thought with so many features that we've seen with uh, Street Profits on Raw, uh, you know, just everything they've been doing on the main roster. I'm, I'm thinking this is their way of, uh, you know, just getting them up on the main roster and just, you know, getting them out of the NXT uh, realm, getting the belts off of them, uh, putting the belts on Kyle and Fish. Uh, or whoever team it would have been at that time, you know. At that time, it's Kyle, and, you know, Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish. So of course, I, I, if I had to pick, I would want them to be the ones to take the titles off of Street uh, Profits. But we got an effective Street Profits title defense, and not only that, these guys came out looking strong against a team that has been tagging longer than them and many other companies in Bobby Fish, in Kyle O'Reilly. Um, I mean, from the jump, this match was great. You know, they they took the fight to Kyle O'Reilly and Fish, which again, uncharacteristic of anyone that usually goes up against this team because, you know, they're known for their striking, they're known for their double team, their efficient double team maneuvering, and they're especially known to not only uh, be able to do, I don't want to say the dirtiest things, but they're vets. So they can they know what they can get a, a, away with. They take advantage of the five count. They take advantage of, you know, the, when, when the ref is not paying attention. That little split second, they're known for those things. And obviously, of course, uh, their submissions, you know what I mean? So, uh, you know, against a team like, you know, uh, Dawkins and uh, Montez. You know, Montez is the high flyer. You would think that it would be a little bit difficult to see him, um, you know, stacking up against their type of offense, uh, seeing as he's more like the high flyer, more, he does more of the dynamic offense. But, I mean, again, this is pretty back and forth. Uh, Dawkins and uh, Montez, I'll put it like this. Kyle and, and Bobby did a great job with wrestling this match, and did a great job, but everybody did a great job. I'm not saying one team's better than the other, but if I'm looking at both teams on paper and as far as experience, you know, obviously everyone's going to be probably looking more at, you know, Red Dragon, you know, their tenure with Ring of Honor. They're dangerous. They they are like, you know what I mean? They, they're too, they're, they, they are like one of the biggest definitions of, of how tag team wrestling, a well-oiled machine is supposed to work, right? So I say that to say that, Street Profits, they always look pretty impressive. I will never take that away from them. But more times than not, they also like to have fun. So I was wondering how this was going to play into everything. But kudos to uh, to Kyle and Bobby because you guys made 
the street profits not only look like a million bucks, but you made them look like they could hang with you. Not saying that they can't, but again, on paper, people would probably be a little preferential, uh, which is always subjective based on you know preference, obviously. But um, man, we got the those two vicious spears from Dawkins. Uh, we got the tease of the people's elbow from Montez Ford, who's been teasing a lot of the Rock's mannerisms. But we did get the Uranagi, aka the Rock Bottom. Um, and then again, we know we got followed uh, followed up by a uh, you know two spears into uh, the frog splash, super frog splash from uh, Montez Ford. Uh, would definitely make RVD proud, man. And uh, one, two, three, man, a successful title defense again. I was wrong. I think the whole squad was wrong on this because we are very much pro undisputed on this. But um, yeah, man, shout out to the Street Profits for another uh, stacked up um, title defense, making their title reign looking good, putting some stock into that title reign for sure. And again, the crowd is into it, man. Um, but yeah, moving on, uh, we also had. Uh, I guess it would be the grudge match. Uh, pretty much the only match on the card that wasn't really for anything, uh, you know, substantial as far as, uh, or I should say tangible. But we did have the new Io Shirai. And I say the new Io Shirai because whenever they have to, uh, you know, heal somebody up, they, they change the hair color. They make them wear all black. And then there's the the, the theme music change. So check all three boxes. Um, you know, she was taking on her uh, former friend, uh, Candice LeRae, Tenacious C, as uh, Mara would call her. Um, this match, arguably, probably one of the best of the night. Um, it, I mean, again, for, for the fact that there was no championship on the line, they were fighting like there was a championship on the line. So many close calls, so many false finishes, and just amazing action back and forth, man. And, and it really, it took a... It took EO, I believe, to um, – she had to submit Candice, I believe. Let me check my notes here. But, you know, she tried for the, the moonsault and was denied. Then she, you know, tried a couple of different moves. And we even had a couple moves from uh, Candice Array, who essentially, I mean, looked like she, you know, laid her out. Uh, but, again, she uh, – EO Shirai just kept fighting. Just I mean, both women just kept fighting, man. It just kept it coming. And, I mean, that crowd, by the end of that 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 match, that crowd was hot. For that match, um, I don't know how much they were interested going in. I think a lot of people were just excited to see Candice LeRae on a takeover stage. As I, I mean, I've said it before, I think she needs to take more uh, wins home. Uh, they, they've been always giving her L's. In this case, I was uh, just as disappointed because I really wanted, uh, you know, Candice to, to finally get gain some ground, gain some momentum. I feel like every time they do something with her, she's either the byproduct of another feud or say like she. I don't know. It's like I haven't seen anything that she's done on her own without, you know, last time you saw her uh, prominently, it was the whole Gargano Tommaso thing. And then so I don't know. I mean, I honestly would like to see what they want to do with her going forward. I mean, uh, something that she can do that's going to be beneficial to her. She's a great talent. They obviously signed her for a reason. Uh, I mean, I don't know if they remember <laughs> what that reason is, but I mean, I'm hoping after they see this match with Io Shirai, they definitely, uh, you know, are going to wake their ass up and, and try to, you know, Put a little bit more of the, um, you know, put a little bit more uh, fuel on the fire underneath uh, Candice Ray. But, uh, yeah, as I'm looking at my notes, yeah, Shirai hit a crazy avalanche. I mean, we've seen this before. I think we've seen Charlotte. I think she's the only woman outside of maybe Asuka. Maybe I'm wrong. It may not be Asuka. I think it may be uh, possibly Kyrie Sane. But, yeah, I mean, we haven't seen this move uh, pulled out a whole lot in, in, in women's wrestling matches, but 
This was ridiculous. The uh, Spanish fly from the top only got a two, which, again, hot crowd, and then obviously, you know, into a lot of uh, other close calls and, and near falls. But uh, surprisingly, Shirai um, used the Koji clutch or a version of the Koji clutch, tapped out uh, Candice. And I don't know if Mrs. maybe this is going to be one of her uh, trademarks or finishes going forward. I mean, they always say, like, you know, a, a, a moonsault uh, or any type of diving move for a heel is kind of weird because those are, like, flashier moves that are known to get, you know, that that athlete cheered, and it just doesn't make sense. But then you got to look at a guy like Neville, uh, you know, Pac, formerly Neville, who was, you know, king of the cruiserweights, who was hitting the, the red arrow all the time. Uh, you know, he would switch back and forth between the rings of Saturn and, the, and the, that huge superplex. But, you know, I, I think maybe this is their way of trying to uh, add something to our arsenal, Io Shirai, I should say, to, uh, you know, nail home that that this is this this is what she's going to be for a while you know she can you know take to the sky i mean she's known to take for the, take to the sky but now she's also known to tap you out choke you out uh with a koji clutch so you know what i mean but unfortunately was wrong about that prediction as well uh, candace my heart goes out to you i definitely i'm uh, hoping that they're gonna string something along for you soon because I'm, I'm i'm tired of watching you lose boo boo i'm tired of watching you lose um as we move on uh, we did get the triple threat North American Championship match, and again, I was wrong. Uh, you know, we were uh, all betting for Roddy, uh, Roderick Strong, to at least, you know, uh, pick up the slack from <laughs> Bobby and Kyle for not, uh, you know, winning the uh, NXT Tag Team Championships and hoping he would come through and, and grab a little bit of piece of gold for the team, grab that little North American Championship, but... It was all for naught, but this match, this match was great. Uh, this match was off the charts, but I think it could have been a little bit better. Um, let me rephrase. I think in certain spots it could have been better because I felt like a lot of the great spots and the great wrestling that happened in the ring was between Pete Dunne and Roger Strong, which those two, I would love to watch those two wrestle each other all day. Those guys are ridiculously talented. I was definitely into the match. These guys bring a, a a certain level of intensity and grit. And just, just I mean, it, you can't match it. But then you got the flair and charisma, of and the size. You know what I mean? Because he actually is, is you know outweighing him, and, and he's he's taller than both guys in, in Velveteen Dream. But I felt like Velveteen didn't get too involved in this match. I don't know if that was by design, if that was you know made to play into you know what we're perceiving as fans as his ring psychology, getting in when he can, you know, uh, you know, just just whenever he sees an opportunity, he darts in real quick and then you know just phases out. I don't know, um, but it was almost like you know it was like we we're just watching Roddy versus you know Pete Dunne, and then Velveteen kept trying to get involved. Um, that's just how I felt. But Velveteen, in his own right, had quite a few times where he shined as well. Um, I mean, again, there was great spots. Uh, I don't know if I want to see the triple threat again, um, but it is interesting how this, how this ended. We had, uh, Roddy who, uh, essentially got the, uh, end of heartache on, um, done goes for the pin. And then out of nowhere, you get Velveteen dream dropping the big purple rainmaker steals the pin and retains the title. I got to think that. Because this is the way that he chose to win, because he, you know, from a, a heel's point of view, if I had to go and complain to William Regal and try to get my shot, a second shot, at a North American championship where I wasn't even pinned, and also under the circumstances where it was originally supposed to be contested under a one-on-one -on -one singles match in the first place, 
I definitely, as Roddy Strong, would be like, I wasn't even pinned. You had to steal my pin. I'm the one who got the job done. I'm the one who beat Pete Dunne. You just came in and stole the pin, yada, yada, yada. I could also see finally, you know, this is, you know, Roddy finally getting his one-on-one against Velveteen, which I, again, hope he wins. Nothing against Velveteen. I think Velveteen needs to start just, you know, I don't know, changing his views or making uh, making his views a little bit higher up to the to the NXT uh, uh, championship uh, scene. That that's just my opinion. I'm not, he's not doing bad with the North American Championship at all. He's he's not a bad North American champion at all. I'm just being selfish as an undisputed fan. I'm just going to keep it real I'm, and biased. <laughs> but at the same time, I'll, I think I've also sounded off enough times and echoed this sentiment with Mark McFly quite a few times. Roddy Strong as North American champion would be fire because. All they have the North American uh, champion do is go out to these live shows when they're not on TV and, and prove that this belt means something. They put this title on the line uh, event after event against different people, against surprise people, returns from NXT, uh, the Tyler Breezes, the Fandalia, all this stuff, right? Roddy can do that. Roddy's whole uh, 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 mantra before he came here was Roddy versus the world. Why not Roddy versus North America? You know, don't, don't, don't cut me too hard on that one, but I'm just saying, like, him as North American champion, it's just it would be fire. He would make that belt. Not that it doesn't already mean something, but you know, a guy, a guy like him and a guy like Dunn definitely would make that belt super top tier uh, to that complementary of like the, you know the old school uh, ideology of the uh, of the workers title, the Intercontinental title. I think the North American Championship definitely has potential to get that much more stock into it than it already has. Uh, I mean, Velveteen squeaked out with the with the retain. Uh, not my pick, so again, I'm uh, 0 for 3 uh, on this. But, um, you know, we made a prediction to a match that actually didn't even happen on the card. But don't say that to Matt Riddle because Matt Riddle kind of, kind of, you know, took shit into his own hands. We had a brawl that ensued between Matt Riddle and uh, Killian Dane that was pretty insane. Um, you know, they were hitting uh, uh, officials. They were, they, they, you know, they took out, uh, uh, you know, you could tell they're developmental guys with, you know, WWE security shirts on, but they, they were swinging at everyone and at each other, man. And it was one of those things where, you know, call me old school, but when you, you know, Looney Tunes, Tasmanian Devil, or actually, let me rephrase, when there was two guys fighting in a cartoon, and it, they had this melee, it was this, 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 I guess that's where I got the Tasmanian Devil thing. It's just like this Tasmanian Devil-esque circle, right, that this, you know surrounds him. You just see these little action hits of, like, punches and kicks, and you just hear, like, the boxing going on, and you hear the fighting ensuing. And it's just this rolling ball that anytime it gets anyone that gets near it, they're, they're wrapped up in it now, right? That's how I felt this was. And, and uh, complimentary to uh, the crazy chicken fight <laughs> for a family guy, this was, you know, damn near that, man. But this was uh, a great spot for both men. Both men look strong. I think it was important for Matt Riddle to look strong because obviously he got taken out, and then after they you know, they didn't even have a match on the go-home NXT. They, I mean, they did, but it didn't. Um, he wasn't looking too good either. So I think it was very important for Matt Riddle to look good here. Also, Killian Dan to not look uh, – he has to look strong. He's coming back. He's back in NXT. He's coming back to look like a killer. I mean, again, we, you know, we predicted it on this. Obviously, no contest. It's a brawl, so I think we get a bye, and I, I think I'm going to take that one. So let's just say that I'm uh, one in three right now. Is that cool? Great, cool. Uh, but uh, also uh, moving on, we also had the uh, NXT Women's Championship match, and you know what, man? I'm, you know, I'm humble enough to let you guys know that Although we do have our very um, 
direct, quote-unquote, opinion about Mia Yim. Not, I mean, not her as a person, but her character, her in-ring. More so their decision to go with her as far as uh, leading up to this match with, with Shayna Baszler. And I'll, I'll definitely say they did a great job uh, getting me irritated about it because they made me believe that Mia Yim was going to take it. And, you know, again, hats off to uh, WWE Production with all their promo videos for this show. I mean, especially the you know the build-up to um, Adam Cole versus Gargano, which I'll get into later, but that, that was great. But the way that they played this and built this story up, and it, it was a slow build. It definitely made me think that that was the direction they were going to be going in, as evident by our kind of angry tirades about it the past couple of weeks, thinking this is what it's going to be leading up to, as well as last week's episode with the predictions. But uh, I say all this to say that Shayna and Mia Yim had a really good match. They had a really good match. And, you know, from a guy that normally will tune in to see Mia uh, wrestle uh, based on because I know I have, to, I have to report on it or based on because I'm taking notes or whatever, I, I was very, very much interested in how this bout was going to turn out. One of the things that was real interesting to me, I mean, it was the wording that they had Shayna using a lot going into this uh, whole feud, the the street rat, the the street girl, you know what I mean? All this, 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 these, uh, you know, references to being street. And I'm like thinking like, does she mean like gangster? Does she mean, I, I don't understand. Like, I mean, is it, you know, because she knows how to fight dirty or she, she don't take no shit or I don't understand. You know what I mean? Um, because it was funny about it. This is coming from an ex-professional MMA fighter herself uh, who knows all the rules and all the shortcuts as well in the ring to get a, 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 a W, you know what I mean? So uh, for her to kind of point out what Mia Yim is doing as far as attacking, uh, you know, her uh, her friends, um, Marina and Justin Duke, it's, <laughs> I don't know. But but classic Hill thing to do, right? Uh, pot calling the kettle black, you know, no pun intended here. Mia Yim, uh, the Blasian baddie, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't say that she won me over 100% and as far as, like, securing where she needs to be in this women's division. I want to see more of this kind of performance. Uh, but Mia Yim took it to Shayna. You saw a lot of turnabout as fair play with Shayna. You don't see that a whole lot. You usually see, usually see uh, Shayna victimizing whoever she's in the ring with, going after a body part, picking that body part. But you saw Mia Yim actually doing that to her. They were doing it to each other, but you've never seen someone do the same uh, uh, a plan of attack on Shayna. Usually she's the aggressor. Usually she's the dominator. So this was a different uh, a dynamic. It was a, a different, uh, it was an interesting dynamic to say the least. You had Mia Yim also doing like anything dirty, grabbing the hair. If she wasn't stuck in a uh, submission, she'd grab Shayna's hair to get out of it. Uh, she, you know, poke the eye, rake the defense, like anything she could do, you know, quick little punch, you know, gut punch, all that stuff. You know, it, it actually was pretty entertaining. Um, Seen her come up with this collective of like you know little shortcuts to, to get out of what because again you know Shayna she prides herself on being the uh, submission magician right hardly anybody is able to get out of any of her her holds but then you got someone like me and Yim who's like all right you can call me street then I'm gonna use all the street moves and secrets I know to maneuver and manipulate out of this situation which I got uh, it translated well to me that to me that translated very well. Um, even to the point where I love the fact that, you know, again, going back to Mia Yim, uh, you know, working on a body part for Shayna, Shayna Baszler. We saw Shayna Baszler continuously go for the Kirifuda, uh, uh, uh clutch, but even at the end, 
her arm, she kept selling the fact that her arm was so jacked up that she couldn't, she had to resort to a whole different submission move and she beat her with a triangle choke. I mean, I'm not a fan, super fan of Shayna Baszler. I did say I was going to go for her in this match. Um, so, you know, two out of three, you know, as we're as we going to stack that with the bye, <laughs> with the brawl between Riddle and uh, Killian Dane. But, like I said, I was ple- pleasantly surprised with the, uh, just not the outcome, because I knew I kind of, this is what I wanted, but the progress, the the match itself, the, the what, what we had to do to get to the end result, that actually made me open my eyes a little bit more at Mia Yim. And not that I've always doubted her, man. We've talked about it last episode. She's done great things everywhere she's been, whether it's Shimmer, whether it's TNA, whether, you know, whether it's Impact, all this stuff, right? But, you know, we just can't help as fans notice that there's certain things that we, we wish she could improve on, whether it's her cardio, whether she could, you know, uh, dial back the Boondocks references a little bit because not everybody gets it, and we do it, so it kind of comes off as redundant a little bit. But... You know, that's my little two cents. You know, obviously, we share, a, 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 you know, half a heart between pro wrestling and hip-hop here. So, you know, we got we got a, you know, we, we have we have a preference here. We, 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 got, we got a little bit of a, a stickler issue. But, that again, that's just me. That's just me. Um, it could have been different for Mark. It could have been different for Doc. So, you know, that's just me. But um, as we get into our last match, man, uh, again, I got to commend the video packages going into this match. And, and a lot of you guys may have not have seen the full uh, versions of it. If you go back and check out the the go home version of NXT, they had these great. I mean, I think it was like maybe the last fifteen minutes of of the go home NXT. I was sitting there, I watched the last match, and I'm like, "Yo, there's still a lot of time left. There's something going on." And then they're just playing all these very well produced uh, video packages. You had appearances from Kevin Owens. You had appearances from Seth Rollins. You know, these guys are talking. You know, talking to Gargano. You got Adam Cole. You know, showing his, his training regimen. And th- these guys are just so. Great at what they do. Gargano is great at what he does. Adam Cole, great talker on the mic. It, it just it looked great. It came together beautifully, and, and it made sense because these are guys who are former NXT champions, and they're coming over to talk to uh, Gargano about this match. And then, you know, you also got to think this is another uh, uh, first of its kind as far as this match. We've had two out of three falls, uh, you know, done before, but essentially this is just a, a fancied up uh, uh, three stages of hell match. You know what I mean? Um, uh, obviously, there wasn't a hell in a cell. Uh, instituted at the last fall, so I guess maybe it's, you know, three stages of cage match, whatever you want to call it, but, um, you know, we had uh, Adam Cole challenge Gargano to an old-school wrestling match. We had Gargano then challenge Cole to a street fight, which I thought that was going to be a a dumb move on Gargano's part, seeing as uh, Adam Cole's uh, very first takeover match, I believe, was in Philadelphia in a street fight against Aleister Black, but, you know, and he comes from the, the Ring of Honor background, this, that, and forth, but... This match, I had uh, questions about this match because I didn't know how they were going to top their last two out of three falls. I was surprised they came out with another two out of three falls. They, they did have a little bit of a twist on it. They got to pick their own stipulations. We've seen them fight in both stipulations before, but it's that third stipulation that William Regal had pulled out with the steel cage that got me a little bit more interested because, you know, there was something. I mean, first of all, you didn't even see the cage. Usually you'll see the cage on top looming. You didn't even see it. It was so well, uh, I don't want to say hidden, but they – the presentation of it, they did really well, right? And um, but let's get into it. First of all, the rest of this wrestling match went on like like it got to the point when they finally got a fall in this wrestling match, which it wasn't really a fall; it was a disqualification, a loss for Gargano when he hits some you know hits Cole with, uh, Cole with the chair. But that everything before that, I'm thinking I, I'm I'm forgetting that there's two other falls, possibly two other falls after this. 
I'm watching this match intently like, man, this is a great competitive match. I mean, especially, you know, these guys, they fought each other three times before in a two out of three falls match. So this is their fourth time technically fighting. So it's like to see something that they haven't done uh, in any of the other three matches, they probably have similar spots and homages to other things, but th they did a good job making this match look different. You know what I mean? A lot of uh, close calls, a lot of you know th them doing each other's moves, a lot of uh, uh, counters on top of counters. Uh, one of my favorites is when they both tried to pull the trigger on the on the sweet chin music, and they were just kind of letting it linger, like, "Oh, you gonna go? You gonna go?" You know. So it was it was cool. I mean, uh, there's a lot of cool little spots, a little uh, nuances that made this match more personal than it already was. Um, you know, we had Cole attempt to bring the, the chair out. The referee telling him, don't do it. Don't do it. You're going to cost yourself a a, 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 a win here. You're going you're to cost yourself a fall on these two out of three falls, and, and then you're going to be fighting, you know, you're going to have to win two straight. You're going to be fighting from behind. You don't want to do this. But surprisingly, it was Gargano that sat up there, pulled the trigger, swung the chair, you know, Jordan shrug, oh, well. And then he just takes Cole to task and just wears the shit out of this chair. And, you know, obviously it's obvious for, for the watchers why he's doing this. But then, you know, he waits for it. And, again, it's these little nuances. He beats the, the hell out of Cole. Then he waits, waits for the second fall announcement to begin where they announce it a street, it's a street uh, fight rules match. And then – he proceeds again to wait for the bell to ring and then continues to wear his ass out. Uh, just again, little things like that. I just uncharacteristic of uh, Johnny Wrestling, you know, but I mean, talk about uncharacteristic. He saw all these weapons that he was bringing to the match the double tables. I think they called him Johnny Tables at one point. The double tables, the, uh, the, the, uh, the kendo sticks, the chairs. I mean, they battled everywhere all over the ring. It wasn't even a false kind of interim match, you know. Super, super uh, huge props to that ref who stuck with them throughout every every uh, 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 aisle that they were in, everywhere they went around the building. They finally made it back into the ring, but it was Adam Cole who would seal the deal, and he would uh, get the second fall on Gargano, thus leading us to the third and inevitable uh, uh, third stipulation, which I mean, they're not going to call this out and you know, not at least show what's good, right? So, still cage, fine, still cage. We see we've had a few still cage matches in uh, NXT, we've had quite a few, I think four or five, you know, quite a few. Uh, Samoan Finn, Ty Dillinger, Eric Young, uh, Shayna and Eel Shirai, uh, Gargano, Alistair Black. I think this will be the, the fourth one, possibly. Um, but yeah, man, uh. We get this, you know, again, great presentation, great reveal with the, with, with, with the steel cage. But then we get a double reveal with the steel cage as there are weapons that are attached to this structure. And, and let me let me just try to break it down. This is not no, uh, and I don't like this, you know, it's, it's not any of these guys' fault that were involved in the match. But it's not the cheesy version of the Asylum match with Dean Ambrose and, you know, Chris Jericho, Potted Platt and all this stupid crap. They had serious stuff. <laughs> they had very serious. They had a ladder that was actually on top of uh, one of the corners. They had another that table that was on another corner. They had a sledgehammer, axe handles that were just strewn uh, across the, the, I guess you want to call it the walls, the, the, the steel cage walls. They're like, you could just go and grab it like you were uh, window shopping, man. It was, it was pretty insane. 
But not as insane as the action that ensued after, man. We had, what, four different Canadian destroyers or Panama Sunrises, whatever you want to call it. We had the one out of the corner. We had the one that Cole did again. Oh, he jumps literally off the ladder and hits Gargano with it. Still a close, a close two. I'm like, what else can these guys do? You also have the one that Gargano actually hits on a Cole himself. Another, uh, <laughs> another near fall. And it's just like, man, I don't. You know, and you know, I have to. Before I get too far into the action, I do have to also point out one of the uh, uh, the the best things that I also liked in this match. And again, it's the nuances, man. Is how right before they announced the, uh, or, or I believe right before they they rang the bell for the third fall and they were announcing the the stipulation for the third fall as the third fall was ensuing because it's necessary now. They also made sure to say that there is no escapes. And there's only submissions and pinfalls. So that right there kind of changes the dynamic again of the match. We're so used to people trying to escape. And there's the drama of, oh, the door opening. And can he make it? He's going to get dragged back. Can he jump out? You know, we even just seen, you know, Kofi Kingston had to uh, dive through uh, the rope and essentially do a suicide dive on nobody. You know, so we've seen a lot of these spots lately. And I think it was important to make it so... No, this is going to be still a one-on-one match. This is still going to be based on talent and grit and, and, and who, who wants it more. It's not going to be about the most cunning, the fastest, the, uh, the, the, you know, the, the sleaziest or the, the guy that was able to, to you know, squeak out of, the, uh, out of the entrance or over the wall uh, the quickest. You know, I think that was essential to making sure that this was a final nail in this drama and driving it home that this is for everything so you know fast back forward we had a lot of again a lot of crazy spots we had uh, uh we had the lawn dart into a, a chair in the corner um by gargano to cole i mean we had a lot of different things super case galore i think obviously one of my favorite spots is the spot at the end which was insane uh me and doc talked about it we were a little bit concerned for cole and gargano because it looked like they kind of overshot what they were trying to do but Interesting enough, Gargano has the ladder set up in the corner, and he has a, a table, and then Scratch That brings another table. So there's two tables that are in the ring. He has them set up in front of the ladder, and I'm thinking here, like, man, he got something big, or he's going to do, like, an elbow drop, or he's going to do some type of flying attack. Some, I mean, I couldn't imagine it was going to be, like, you know, a Canadian destroyer off the ladder, you know, midair, front flip into the, I, I couldn't think about any of that, right? But I'm trying to think, well, man, well, what, what, what does Johnny have in his sights? And then you see him grab a bag off the, the, the steel cage wall, and it had bow cutters, and you're thinking, what the hell? I instantly got it. He looks up. The crowd starts buying into it. They start, you know, figuring it out. He goes up, climbs the top. Of the steel cage, as you know, there was barbed wire all around the tops of the cage. So they really made sure nobody could escape that way. And they really wanted to make sure it got dealt with and handled inside that 20 by 20 that night. But you see Gargano making his way up. He's taking the bow cutters. And as I suspected, he's cutting out pieces of the barbed wire from the top of the cage. Because he's looking to use that as a weapon towards uh, towards Cole, uh, rather and then you see Cole climbing up to follow him up there, and you realize there's like this, what it looks like underneath is a platform, but when you look from the sky cam, it's an actual table. Um, and you know, honestly, it, it kind of threw me a little bit, because I'm thinking, yo, is that like a, a, like a platform, like that's like a blatant platform? Because I think they did something similar to that 
with the Elimination Chamber earlier this year where they had somebody, or not the Elimination Chamber, I'm sorry, the um, with another Silk Cage match where, where they had someone taking a, a spot. I think it was Braun Strowman when he threw Kevin Owens off, off the top. That may have been it. Because there's no way both those guys were going to freaking, you know, fit on top of that corner, you know, a guy the size of uh, Strowman. But anyways, so I'm thinking this is like an intentional plant, but then when you look, it's an actual table, and it's like, I think that was, even though it's small, it's another good detail because then you're just like, well, why wouldn't they have a table? They had a ladder over here, and you wouldn't even expect them to have a ladder on top of, you know, the the, the roof or, so to speak, the the, the top of uh, the, the cage as they're lowering the cage down, you know? So didn't think too much of it. Thought they were going to take the table down, but it ended up, again, being used as a platform. These two were fighting on top. You see Gargano trying to to grind that that barbed wire and use it as a weapon to uh, – to, uh, uh, Adam Cole's face and you know his, probably his body to cause some bodily harm as well right and then out of nowhere these guys take they, they both just jump off you know obviously they're, they're, it's made to look like they, they both just took a hell of a fall but they jump off this platform they literally clear completely the ladder that's in front of them that Gargano set up in that corner and they damn near almost clear both tables there was two tables they only went through one and I didn't know what else was going to come after this, but of course you got Adam Cole with the quick arm over the shoulders of Gargano for the one, two, three, retains the NXT championship. I mean, what <laughs> what a hell of a finish, to be honest. Like, I mean, again, I was worried for the guys. I mean, you saw that nasty, uh, uh, I don't want to say it was, it, it was like a, a scrape or a cut on the back of um, – on the back of Adam Cole's back, obviously, no doubt, from, from that table spot. But, man, that match delivered. Again, I had no idea how far they were going to go with this one. Uh, outside of the, the two out of three falls they just had, they definitely brought justice to the hype that was into this two out of three falls match. Uh, and, I, I mean, not that I don't want to see that. I, I essentially want to see Adam Cole move on to other people. And if there's any indication by that, you did see Johnny Gargano you know, walk out of the match, get greeted by Candice, get greeted, uh, greeted by William Regal, one could only imagine that that was his send-off and his uh, goodbye to the NXT crowd and, you know, a, a hello to the main roster crowd. As, uh, I mean, I don't know what else, you know, Gargano could do. I don't know what else Gargano could do in NXT. I mean, without him having to wait till Tommaso comes back from injury. and I mean, I don't know. Even then, it's like they've done so much with those two, unless they were going to make them into a tag team again. I don't know if I'm really interested to see how they how, how they uh, mesh up. But, you know, obviously Tommaso versus Cole, I take my money, man. Take my freaking money. But, yeah, man, that was, uh, that was TakeOver Toronto. And uh, I think I walked away with – I had a bye. Okay, I had Shayna. Then I had Adam. So I had th- three and three. Three and three. All right, horrible. I know. Usually I, I – I, I I do way better than this. <laughs> Usually do way better than this. At least I'm not alone. I think uh, 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 Mark and Doc had a lot of the same picks as I did. So, again, a hell of a show. They always deliver, man. They always deliver. And uh, one thing that's also worth noting is they did show Austin Theory in the crowd uh, on Saturday night. So, interesting to know. It looks like that's someone they have their eye on. Obviously, Evolve uh, has been uh, somewhat of a, a, a uh, you know, a farming uh a farming system for for talent coming into uh, NXT for a little bit, as well as WWE. A lot of guys that came from there, obviously, you know, with the, the Drew Gulaks, the, the Shane Stricklands, uh, uh, the, the Kira Tozawa's, the Apollo Cruises. A lot, a lot of people have come from 
uh, uh, the Evolve background, and obviously is evident by the the ten year show that they had uh, a couple weeks ago. But yeah, man. Um, I, again, my uh, you know my first time watching him was at the Evolve Ten show uh, with his title defense. So I'm I'm definitely interested to see where he goes from here. Who his first uh, you know feud is with. Um, and just, you know, I just want to watch him grow, man. Just definitely want to watch him grow. But, um, yeah, man, I was, uh, you know, take over Toronto, a little breakdown results as well as, uh, you know, uh, knocking myself on the head for these BS predictions I made. But I also want to let you guys know we had a great show for Rival Pro Wrestling, man. It, it was, it was insane. Again, if you guys missed it, we are going to have footage coming soon, but you know, if you're following us, you probably already saw it on social media, but, uh, to confirm it, yes. The bad boy Joey Janela was on site for Summer Rising 3, and it was a complete surprise for all the fans. And it was amazing, man. Again, shout out to Joey Janela, shout out to Jungle Boy, and shout out to Jimmy Lloyd. We also had the privilege of getting Jimmy Lloyd from Game Changer Wrestling again, who was involved last minute in our revolver match uh, when uh, one of our, our contestants actually went out with a injury. We had to move DJ up into the four-way, but man, it was, it was great. It was just all great. The, the fans were up uh, all night. The fans, you know, they... It, it was just great, man. We had people want to take pictures with us, the commentators. I'm like, how do you even know me? And so it, it's it's cool, man. A lot of people have been, been following uh, the movement. A lot of people were, are, are, were thankful for the opportunity to go to the show. And one of the things that we we kept hearing a lot was, you know, they they were just blown away by the show. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I want to, you know, put my two cents in and, and say that it's been our best show to date. But it's definitely I – feel, I feel that way. After every show we put on, I feel I had that same feeling. So I, I can't – I can't sit up here and say, yeah, that was the best one we had. As far as the most star-studded, probably absolutely. Probably absolutely. But most successful, again, absolutely, man. And, again, shout-out to the fans. Shout-out to everyone that made it happen, man. Shout-out to everyone that enjoyed themselves. And just keep spreading the word, man. Rival Pro Wrestling, don't be afraid to follow us on social media. That's uh, Rival PW on Twitter, Rival underscore Pro Wrestling on Instagram, and just backslash Rival Pro Wrestling on Facebook. You can also hit us up at RivalProWrestling at gmail.com if you're a talent that's interested in getting booked. If, uh, you know, maybe you're someone that wants to help, you know, set up the ring. If you're a vendor that's interested in getting some vendor space for our next show, definitely hit us up again, Rival Pro Wrestling at uh, gmail.com. But also don't forget to follow us, the golden voices of Summarizing 3, your favorite commentators, favorite commentators, the Quincy Jones Show. Follow us everywhere. Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, the Quincy Jones Show on Instagram, and backslash the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook. We are now on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on CastBox. We're on SoundCloud. We're on everywhere right now, man. Anywhere you want to get your, your podcast, feel free to check us out. The Quincy Jones Show. We'll be back later this week with a breakdown on SummerSlam as well. Until next time, Top Guy out. We've been doing the How to Get Over segment all of 2019, and you guys freaking love it. You guys dig it, and we love doing it. We love thinking of guys that aren't doing nothing or maybe guys that are uh, being presented wrong, people that may not even be on TV. We love taking those guys and shining them up, putting a little bit of polish on it, and coming up with a lot of different potential possibilities on how to get them over. But now we're trying to challenge ourselves. Now we're putting out the challenge to you guys, the listeners, the supporters of The Quincy Jones Show. If you guys have someone in mind that you would like for us to help get over don't be afraid to hit us up, the Quincy Jones Show at gmail.com right now, or feel free to send us a message, DM us. It's the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook and Instagram, and just Quincy Jones Show on Twitter. Hit us up right now, but here's the catch. 
We're trying to challenge ourselves on the show to not only just get somebody over, but we're trying to get them over between now and WrestleMania. So, again, if there's someone you think that has either been plagued by bad booking, plagued by, by injuries, maybe someone that's not even shown on TV, maybe someone that's not even on the main roster yet. If you have an idea of somebody that you think can have a WrestleMania moment, we're here to get them there. So, again, how to get over. We love your suggestions. Hit us up, Show at gmail.com. Hit us up, Quincy Jones Show on Twitter, the Quincy Jones Show on Facebook and Instagram right now, and we're going to get them boys over. Or girls, it's up to you. Go.